0: Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. Here we talk about the professional turf manager, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning a turf management company. Whether this is your first year or your 20th, we hope to have an open discussion that we all can relate with and continue to grow a successful business in the green industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. It is myself, Kevin Salters, with our co-host, Doug Gray. Douglas, midweek, we're going to record this one early and get it over for next week. How is your week so far? Everything's great. You yeah. know, seeds moving
1: moving out, starter fertilizers moving out. Um, you know, I think we're, you know... Some guys are starting to you know, ask for weed controls, which is kind of a, u- a unique thing this year because the weeds are so bad, and I'm talking about broadleaf weeds.
0: Um, so what are, what product are they asking for? Just basic three-ways and trichopier. Got it. Keeping it simple, shooting it um, right down the middle of the lane.
1: I think we saw an influx of some broadleaf weeds this summer, um, so they're looking to clean yeah. things up. Um, also, Wild Violet it's really showing its ugly head right now. Um, kind of likes and, the water, uh,
0: huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I've, I've been selling some sublime as well. Um, but, you know, th- lately, this especially this week, it's been more about, you know, three basic three ways and Tricle Pier. Um, selling some at it, which is Zone. Um to uh, spike it up. There's clover issues and whatnot. But uh, it seems like, you know, things are rolling. It It, it is, it's that end of summer beginning of the school year doldrum period i think for everybody um yes it's seeding season but you know it's also you know it's the unofficial end of summer but then school is starting up like my wife just started school today so um you know i probably won't talk to her for about a week um (laughs) can't blame her (laughs) you know but i'm just kidding poor thing she's not that way but um you know it's so it's always that time frame where it's like sometimes throughout the day you're like, is my phone on? You know, but it's it's normal. Um, and I think everybody in this industry kind of gets that way this time of the year. Um, we want to f- kind of forget things for a little bit and then kind of recharge, if that's a good statement. Because we all know right after Labor Day, it's go time again. I mean, it's go time for some people right now. Um, but I think a little uh, go time is really uh, the day after Labor Day.
0: So you, yeah, we are prior to Labor Day recording this, but you all will hear this basically on your first day back to work if you're taking the holiday off, which I hope you're able to do that. I know Absolutely. we we really serve our customers very, very well, and we do what we need to do for them. So I I get it. Hopefully, some of you all can take it off, but yeah, I'm seeing that. You know, yesterday was my first day of school buses back on the road, which. It, it's funny, just those little things of how much time it can slow you down. And again, I'm all for our kids going to school safely, not looking to be mad because buses are out there. But when you have it off all summer, it definitely changes your your schedule a little bit. So up up this way in the east, most of the schools have started this week at some point, either Tuesday through Friday, which is crazy. There's some towns that are going to school for one day. And then they have a three-day off and then go back on Tuesday, which, whatever. Um, There's much smarter people with big educations that have that all figured out. Um, I
1: don't know about that.
0: Anywho, so um, Sublime, you mentioned that word. Uh, Yesterday was my first blanket treatment of Sublime on two lawns prior to overseeding. New construction was seeded. Both lawns were seeded in the spring, so it's in a newer development. So we're going to deal with lack of um, bios in the soil for sure. The overseeding came in, or I'm sorry, the original seeding, which is hydro, came in really, really well, and the customers were pretty excited. I didn't do it all. I didn't do any of it, actually, but I forewarned them what was to come for August and September, and and they called, and like, uh, yep, you were right, believe it or not. I don't hear that enough, but the crab, <laughs> the broad is cleaned up. I've cleaned up the broad in it perfectly, but the crab is there, so I said, listen, let's get closer to your seeding time, and the contractor's coming back to overseed everything, not by hydro they're going to go back with mechanical machine which is great it's all part of their deal um but i they wanted me to come in and get everything cleaned up so it'll be pretty cool to see how this all works Um, first time using sublime um, was planning on using it at that big athletic complex but we'll talk about that in a minute but these lawns are side by side about eighteen thousand square each not an obstacle in the way so it's nice to lay a pattern down and i will uh, keep some pictures in the, in my file and, and try to do a before and after and and then a complete after after they do an overseeing. So, we've talked about uh, the athletic fields that I'm going to be renovating, and now all the stories are coming out of why they're in the condition that they are in, <clears throat> which I wasn't aware of. I am aware of the Connecticut state laws and schools. We have limited use, and any facility that is eighth grade and higher. So anything that is K kindergarten and under eighth grade, you cannot use any control products without special request. Let's say there's a bee bee issue, an insect issue where you'd have to get permission to do that. And then they do some pretty restrictive alerts to the parents ahead of time, closing down of fields. This is a high school. This is eight through 12. There's not a daycare attached to it. So One, I took that into consideration. Two, the person in charge basically told me what they wanted. And the way you enter the high school is through their front entrance is a school bus drop-off. So you would never go to there because you can't get to the athletic fields. But the rear entrance comes off of a complete secondary road, which that was the road I went to when my kids would go there to compete. So drive in there, do all my thing trying to get on their schedule for a sublime laydown before the overseeding happens. It's just under 300,000 square feet. And I send everything over. They wanted the label of the product used, which I did. That got circulated to all the other people involved in the project. Thank God. Again, I don't want to do anything illegal. Well, without really me knowing or really understanding the lay of the land of that property, Within the campus on the same property, but something that you couldn't drive a golf ball to on your best day. You, not me. I'd be lucky if I can get a worm burner at 75 yards, but there is a middle school that is attached to the plot plan. Driveways do not connect that I'm aware of. Anywho, that has under eighth grade. So pesticides cannot be used on that property. Wow. So- you know, I got emails back. I reached out to our state, our D, our deep D E E P uh, pesticide division. Left a message. The representative, I'm not going to say his name. He was awesome. Got back to me today. We had a great conversation. He was aware of it because the same administrators prior to this um, had made communications. In request of doing some other work and some other, probably parents or whatever spoke their mind of what was going on, um, and and their displeasure of what they wanted to do. So they were very, they knew what was going on with the property. He knew the school without me even saying the name, which is cool. And he said, you know, there's some ways we can get around that. One is we can do, you can go to the board of education, you can have a special hearing, they can put out a request for this from the state. We can basically snow fence off the fields prior to you doing an application. Parents notified ahead of time. I'm like, I appreciate all this. I'm not doing it. I, no chemicals. I said, here is my nutrition program that I have for it. 80% of their weeds are is crabgrass because of having no maintenance on it at all. The irrigation is in process of being repaired literally today. Um, we're going to let Mother Nature shortening of the daylights and the frost kill the crabgrass. I'm just going to have you guys mow it as short as you possibly can a couple days before we come. We'll do our overseeding. We'll do lime. We'll do an organic nutrition starter fertilizer. And then, you know, next year, hopefully we can have the stand of grass thicker and taller with proper mow heights so that it crowds out a lot of the weeds. And that's just what we're going to have to deal with. And she's like, perfect. So yeah, there's not going to be any amazing before and after pictures. Unfortunately, only because I really wanted to make nice fields for the kids that's that was my goal
1: you know it's 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 crazy um and I applaud you for just telling them no you're not going to put any of that herbicide down I no, had a, no 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 a customer who has does a community um that had a big time tick problem um and he applied some products and it's funny his co-owner told him dude don't don't get don't get involved in this. <laughs> like, trust me when I tell you, don't get involved in it. Um, so he did anyway. And apparently all these people have Ring.com cameras on the back of their house, houses, It's townhomes. And, you know, I'm pretty I'm confident that the guys did the job. But, you know, everybody sees on their camera that, you know, it's it, it just shows that it wasn't being sprayed or whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen video of it at all, but he, it just opens a can of worms, uh, on certain things. And that's why I'm saying this is like, if you did that, whether there was a loophole you could get through or not, it would have hope open a whole other can of worms. And you don't want to do that. There sometimes, and this same gentleman, he has a property that has Dallas grass all over the lawn. Me too. <laughs> And, you know, I just I said, look, dude, you know, don't make any promises when it comes to this stuff, because, you know, don't oversell it because the way that property was, dude, it's going to take you quite a bit to get rid of it. And uh, and I I and again, I said what his co-owner said. I said, walk away from it, because I'm telling you, when I was there looking at the property, I was talking to the homeowner a little bit and I could see that this guy was going to be a problem. But. Yeah, God only knows uh, he pro- will probably end up doing the job anyway. I
0: have through my career, and I know your career, and many people out here listening in their careers have picked some battles. Yep. And one thing that I have learned with my age, we'll call it wisdom, is picking the proper battle. And yep. there's plenty of things that I know that I'm right with, and and it's I'm going to call it maturity that um. I've stepped away many times and just basically bit my tongue and walked away. My wife would probably disagree with that. Um, (laughs) But something along this line, it's, it's, this is nothing to to joke about. Guys, if you're out there, make sure you do know the laws. I'm like I said, I'm, I felt very confident with the laws and where we were. Um, It literally was a plot plan concern that they are technically, on the same piece of property um, and the way it was stated that there has been times that the other school has come over to use athletic fields for reasons of availability, bah, 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 bah. It, bingo. It, it just, they're on the same property. I, the representative from, from the state. Once you say that, I, they're, they're, it's the end of the discussion. It's okay. I'm not mad. I'm I'm happy. Right. We got this early and, you don't need to come out and do an investigation and complaints. And no, I'm more than happy. We're gonna do our best to give the students the best possible feel that they can have under the restrictions that we have. That that's all. All you can do. Yep, we're gonna have clover. As I said we if we can get the mohite nice and tall in the springtime and stay whole and, and kind of keep some of that crabgrass at a bay. That, that's gonna be a bonus. Obviously, it's gonna be on the edges of the clay and all that. It is what it is. But. Um, we're going to do our best to give them the best product we can. We're going to, you know, we've got that beautiful organic nit- nitrogen that I'm going to send them a a label for. So we're going to have no problems with that. Not that it needs to be organic on there. You can use synthetics, just can't have pesticide. But if we have this availability of a wonderful organic ni- um, nitrogen, that's what they're going to get. They'll get it all year because it's. There's It'll no question. Yeah, but but it's just it's the right thing to do. That if that's the law, then we're just going to follow the law. You know, it's great. Absolutely, we can use all our bio synergy. We can use all that great stuff and and work on what we have. Um, as you said, it's just I'm happy that we found this out now. Is as, as excited as I was because I was trying to schedule this for basically tomorrow to go do a laydown, um, and it all the responses came back very very quickly, which is great. So we just move on. We're waiting for irrigation to be fixed. Uh, their maintenance division are, is going to notify me when heads are marked and it is mowed as low as they possibly can. And then between Ventrac, Stinger, Z-Plugger, we're going to go in there and make a mess of the place and see the, you know, out of it.
1: Yep. I can't wait to do it. Well, hopefully I will do it mine this weekend. Um, I'm going to wait to see what this hurricane that's coming up the coast is going to do. I don't know if it's going to hit us or not, like the, the rain from it. Right. So I'm trying to... I'm, i have a plan to do saturday and sunday on friday i'm actually getting a smart controller installed nice Um, irrigation controller to uh you know be hooked up to my phone and it will obviously you know make me become more efficient with my water um and all that kind of stuff it basically feeds off the uh forecasting that's going on and how much rainfall is going on in an area and but in turn i can turn it on manually straight from my phone i can turn on one zone straight from it's, my phone it's um, cool so technology
0: it really it's come I'm so really far. excited about this yeah. um and what brand are you going with
1: it's uh the hunter nice hunter version the guy one of my customers who um shuts my irrigation off every year for me um he uh i called him up and i said hey you know just I just need a ballpark of what it's going to cost, you know, because I just want to budget it in for when you start my system up in the spring. And so he calls me and he goes, Doug, how expensive do you think this is? And I'm like, I don't know. And so he told me and I'm like, when
0: can you put it in? <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> and so he's coming Friday. It's wild how fast they've come available and, like you said, how inexpensive they, they really are. It's not a shocker. It's, it's wild.
1: Not, it, well, it is, and it is, and I guess. But um, so I'm really excited about that. You know, I can basically. Uh, I, there, he is putting in. There's another thing that he's putting in with it that will actually tell me how much moisture's in my soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, yep, that was like thirty-five dollars." So I was like, "Put
0: it in." But think about honestly, if you're gonna, if you're running a business, which a home is a business, and you're monitoring your expenses. I bet you you have a two to three year return on that controller in water usage costs. Mm-hmm. really
1: easily, yep, easily.
0: And I, and I only know that from the water audits that we used to do on large complexes where their water bills were breathtaking. I mean <laughs> crazy budgets, but they obviously they wanted green grass. Did they want perfect lawn? No, did it need to be uh, sustainable grass just so that they didn't have dust and all this crazy stuff? They needed it to be green. But when water, the cost elevated the way it did over the last 10 years, they really got serious. And that's when they started implementing water audits and then these electronic controllers. Because in a condo, which is obviously different than here, everyone wants to be in control. So if you have five board members, they're all going to make changes, unfortunately, to the the controllers thinking that they know what they're doing more than others. And it's crazy. But it is what it is.
1: I, uh, about Four years ago, I guess it was our town, I guess, did a water audit and our water bills like went through the roof and it's about the time I started doing some different things in, and I never thought of it until you just said what you just said, started doing different things on my lawn, making, you know, using fertilizers that are more efficient, using, uh, products that can make your water work better and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I have to say, like, my water bill is a lot less um, now than it was four years ago because I don't water as much. Um, now I'm going to have an ir- a box, an irrigation box that's going to do this for me, where before I was like, all right, I just got three inches of rain. I don't need to water for like six days. You know what I mean? I would shut it off. Um, the difference and- is,
0: you know, you know how to adjust and when to adjust, which yeah. your average homeowner doesn't. And Does not. You know, that that's correct. It leads me and that's, to... Un- and that's
1: part of the issue.
0: Sure. And and it's funny because I, I had a call just prior to this of a a new customer that was a referral from Matt from Nutmeg State. And I asked her if they have irrigation. And she said, yes. I'm like, well, that's a blessing and a curse. And she was kind of taken back and perplexed. She goes, what do you mean? I thought every, you wanted everyone to have irrigation. I said, this year? 90% of the people that I've had issues on or they've had issues with their lawns have been irrigated lawns and she was totally confused and I explained the whole deal and And it's because of what you were doing manually most people did not know how or, or actually do it.
1: And and that is, I mean I've heard it so many times you know, I last year in the drought in July and August was like probably even worse but you know, you go look at lawns for people, which I do all summer long. Um, so, I, you know, I have a lot of owners and guys who or guys who, who deal with the fertilizer side. They're, they work all day long. So they ask me to go look at lawns and I have no problem doing it. Um, so, you know, you go to a lawn and, you know, of course you hear, why wood all the time?
0: Mm.
1: Ouch. Okay. <laughs> what constitutes all the time? Just because your system is on doesn't mean you're watering all the time. And, you know, I'll never forget this lawn specifically. I pulled out my soil moisture meter and it was 1.5% in the soil. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So I knocked on the lady's door and she I kind, I step back from the door when they open it, because I don't I always like, you know, want to introduce myself and let them know why I'm there. Um and she goes, Oh yeah, he told me you were coming. Um, what's wrong with my lawn? I'm like, You're not watering. She's like, I'm watering my systems on. I water every other day, just like I'm supposed to. Mind if I look at your irrigation box? Now keep in mind, I don't just I don't charge for this. Right. Although I probably should, not to my customer, but to my customer's customer. So she opens the garage and I look in the box and it's off. <laughs> oh. My husband or my son must have turned it off. I'm like, well, your first indication should have been when your lawn was white that there was, <laughs> was not getting any water. Okay, number one. Number two, your system is still set for spring watering. So in the summer months, you need to water X minutes a zone in a normal weather pattern season. And she's like, do you know how much my water bill is? And I'm like, probably as much as mine. I was like, but I also water the way I'm supposed to water and don't water when I'm not supposed to water. And it it kind of led into a a conversation, but um, the fact of the matter is, is that nine out of 10 homeowners, let's say eight out of 10, they don't know how to water their lawn. They put the system on in the spring and they think that's where it's supposed to be all year long. They don't shut it off because people turn their uh, what do they call those things um, the rain, rain sensor rain sensors off because they you know they don't go back on until you take the water out of the sensor um, you know so there's so and this goes back to a conversation that I had with another customer today about like hey, dude stop beating yourself up you're doing nothing wrong you can't control the way that person is cutting their lawn and you can't control the, how that homeowner waters their property. And I've said this before to another customer. Do you have weeds on this property? No. Then where, like where is the problem? Because we, we... you're doing the right things and you're being crucified because two people aren't doing the right thing. It's a three person partnership. If you really get down to it, it's the homeowner, the person who mows the yard. If you're not the one that mows the yard, and the lawn uh, fertilization company. So all three of you have to be on the same page. And if you're not, you're going to have issues.
0: We, and and we need, as applicators, we need to hear this. Because yep. as business owners, we take this so much to heart. And w- I texted you this morning some pictures of of one of the ball fields I take care of. It just totally went south in a week. Last Friday, we had ridiculous rains and beautifully warm high dew point uh, conditions while it rained on top of through that night and the next day so there's one issue then we had two more spots of rain this week today being another one and we personally take that to heart as if we've done something wrong and and you've you've pulled me aside and said listen kevin this is environmental. This is not something that you have done culturally wrong with the soil and or with the application. And, and we just get beat up with it. And you're right when you get even into more of the weeds of improper mowing, which I know this property is mowed improperly um, because it's a subcontractor that comes in at a very low rate because it is basically a town property or, or a nonprofit property. Kudos to them. This company does a lot of give back, which is awesome. Um, and then two, they have an irrigation system that nobody monitors. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I had a key to the building it was in, I would monitor it free of charge just driving by it because i drive by it literally every day leaving my shop. Um, it, it is what it is. But when you get into the residential market, it becomes even, even more difficult because Then we come into people and not poking fun of them, but they believe they think they know what they're doing with the irrigation. They, they believe they're doing the right things here and adjusting at the right time. I mean, a lot of customers don't even know the percentage dial that you can put onto your runtime instead of changing manually on an old digital hunter. You can just hit the percentage dial and, and give it 50% more to increase your runtime. So if you're at 10 minutes, you're going to hit 50%. Now you're at 15 minutes per runtime. Boom. Now you need to be Mm -hmm. even more because it's hotter, and then you can bring it back down. There's simple things. So, again, nothing that we don't know about, but those are all the variables that we can't control. And your example of how many weeds are in the lawn and there's none, that's what our job is.
1: You know, the last two seasons, and, again, we're talking about the Northeast here. We're not talking about every part of the country, but I know other parts of the country have their own issues. I know, like, what, parts of Iowa is in, like, Extreme heat and drought, and then parts of Missouri, same thing. It's like, so we're all battling these weather issues, it seems, this year. I think Texas is, like, record-breaking hot uh, heat as well. Um, you got a hurricane that just rolled through uh, Florida, Florida and, I'd say, what, into Georgia and South Carolina right now. You know, at <laughs> so many extremes that we've had in the last couple of years. And I can even take it back further than that, but we'll just talk about the last couple of years. And it's at what point are we going to start educating our uh, customer? Um, And it leads into what I kind of saw. I saw this on Facebook yesterday on a post and it kind of really threw me back because I haven't thought this, and I, I don't necessarily know if I think this way, but it kind of threw me back with the whole statement this gentleman said, is that you know lawn care has become the new mowing. So what do you mean by that? Well, what what do we see? What do we see what's happened to the mowing market in the last, I'm going to say, 25 years? Every- we went from 25 years ago. We were getting $70 for a 10,000-square-foot lawn to mow. Today, hell, I don't even know if you can get that for an acre around here.
0: Yeah, it, it, that is that you is know, so true on how the prices have gone way down because of the competition that's out there.
1: So, at, you know, But again, these guys are driving down the price. Quite frankly, most of them are probably uninsured. Paying under the table, so there's your tax dollars not getting paid, um, you know things like that. So you have to pay insurance, and insurance. I, I never knew it was this expensive, but man, it's expensive. Um, so we got to stop that. Um, I, I know it's not. We can, there's nothing we can do about it, but we have to educate the customer because let's just say some accident happens on somebody's lawn and to to a guy who's uninsured. Well, guess what? We don't need that happening because that could open up a whole other can of worms.
0: It does. So, I mean, I know of examples of that happening to where, this is many moons back, a guy had a tree company, weekend-type work, had a full-time job, had a bucket truck. Guy was up in the bucket, he wasn't insured the way he should have been in the the bucket failed so 60 feet of a bucket comes screaming down and the guy's in intensive care in the hospital and what happens in a situation like that it goes after the homeowner's insurance of the property absolutely um so then that's when all the lawsuits start coming Uh it's and
1: uh, nobody wants to be in that predicament
0: on top of here we are we've just injured one of our teammates that Mm -hmm. we never want to happen and it, it was a failure of equipment but again the equipment wasn't inspected the way it should be every year because, well, he wasn't fully in business and didn't know and or maybe he just didn't want to pay for that annual inspection to have the bucket truck, cables, hydraulics all inspected. Be that as it may, it becomes a learning piece for all of us that it you need your insurance. I, It's funny. I hate paying other people for things it, from yep. my home, anything. I'll, I'll fix and do just about everything myself. And I service my insurance company, their personal homes, a lot of their employees. And my agent, he knows, and I tell him, so I just cover me the max of everything. He's like, you, you, you want to see if we can finagle this? Or, and, and nope, hit me. Not worth it. Nope. It's not go, worth it. Bill, I'm like, Bill, what's it going to save me? $1,000 a year? And I'm not trying to throw sand at the wind like, oh, $1,000, you know, I would love $1,000. But... When I was well, in the commercial market, the amount of lawsuits that we had having that proper coverage is so well worth it. Because it's gonna happen one day or oh, another. It's going to happen. It has you to know, happen.
1: We complain about the big chains out there, right? You know, and quite frankly, I can't speak for every other area, like I said. I know that there's some issues, you know, doing three hundred thousand square foot lawns for fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> I understand that. I get that. But You know, basic residential areas, you know, I haven't really heard a lot of um, lowball pricing going on in my area anyway, from the big box stores, uh, box chains, I should say, Um, you know, but one of the things when after I read this, I got to tell you, I sat there for like, I don't know, thinking about it for a good half hour to an hour as I was driving. And I'm just like, God, man, is it has it really become that? Yeah. And then you, then you listen to people about the pricing structures in areas, and I listen. I saw some of the comments after that, and I'm like, okay, they look decent, you know, in the whole nine yards. But I know what people are struggling with out here. But the whole flip side to that also is, is that, you know. And, I, and I'm i going to say this loosely because I'm not trying to throw people, throw anyone under the bus at all. But it's one of these things that I've been we talk about internally that there are companies out there that um, will sell to anybody. And, you know, whether how big or small you are, we'll sell them at the same price for everything, which, in my opinion, a guy who is a truckload user price guy, you know, 10 pallets should be getting an extraordinary Uh, more expensive or lower price than a guy who's buying 10 bags, you know, in my opinion, and it doesn't happen in certain parts of my area. I know that. Um, And I think it's funny because it's like, this is why pricing, one of the reasons why pricing keeps going lower and lower and lower is because this happens, Uh, you know, perfect example, like, you know, this particular company and I won't mention the name um, in my area here in New Jersey um, You know, they're selling grass seed for the same price to a guy who's five bags to a guy who's 10 pallets. How?
0: How is that fair to the guy that's doing 10 pallets? It, well, it's definitely not fair to him. But if that him or her either maybe they're not aware of it, maybe. Oh,
1: well, uh, they're aware of it now because something happened yesterday and it, it blew up a whole can of worms in this area.
0: All right. And it, um, as it as it should, you know, I mean. Again, I think that goes back to the planning part of figuring out your program in advance, shopping your numbers and products that you're going to use with your reliable sources and and yeah, there is a volume discount and obviously the more volume you purchase from one supplier, there's probably even a multiplier there that's going to mm-hmm. save you some money as well, as it should. It was it was just like kind of like that
1: conversation is part of the reason why we see this is that a guy who's buying 10 bags has that same pricing structure as a guy who's a truckload and how 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 that should never happen and um and then the other part of it is is that you know see it every day and we don't do it in my company if you don't have a pesticide license you're not getting product
0: and they shouldn't and I, really that but it, that aggravates me to no end because of what we are held to the licensing Doing everything up and I mean, perfect example is this athletic field. Can you imagine if someone went in there was going to go in there without a license? And the state is involved in this. They they have a record trail of everything going on there. And if you don't think they didn't double check me to make sure I'm legit and my license is up to date, mm-hmm. you, I got a bridge that you can buy in Arizona because it, that's their job. They should. So the fact to of
1: keep the is that keep us all safe. Is that, you know, I heard that statement and, well, this is part of the reason why, you know, our, I don't want to use it, but I'll say it anyway. um, We are becoming the new mowing because we have these obstacles that are forcing us to lower our prices instead of treating ourselves as true professionals. And we're lowering to compete when we should be raising them and getting these guys out of business. Um, and I'm not saying we need to go after people. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, there's got to be a way we can get people all the licenses that they need, proper insurance, and educating the homeowner for them to get them to un- to get them to understand that if I'm applying fertilizer on your property, I have to be insured. I have to have this. I have to have this license. And if somebody's beating my price by half they're not licensed and if something happens your homeowner's insurance is going to be being going after well,
0: on top Period. of on top of the applicators got some lawsuits and fines to pay for too but exactly again, that's not but the homeowner's problem
1: at the same time that really kind of like made me like holy crap i'm glad like i mean i've I've thought this a few times but i never really dove into it you know but i just was like wow that's awesome to not awesome to hear it's bad to hear but it's i'm glad that someone is like saying this because i think he's, i think he's somewhat right i really do
0: yeah and i think you know there's plenty of people that have made the progression of getting into lawn maintenance working through that for the years realizing and and don't shoot me for this but i do know a lot about this business mowing lawns can make money but it's not going to make the money that ancillary upsells are going to make you. So a lot of times the lawn mowing is the loss leader item of walking onto a property, getting the weekly maintenance, that's your recurring revenue, that's what you can set up for a budget and do planning for. It's no different than someone working 40 hours a week, budgeting on that 40 hours, not budgeting for overtime pay. So you never want to budget on that. Well, the ancillary work, now once you have that in your portfolio and you're doing it, you build your budget to that. And then here comes the wormhole of now we need to be at that number and at that number and at that number. Well, a lot of those guys are getting tired. And I was speaking to one this weekend, this past weekend, that they have their regular maintenance. And he said, my ancillary has dried up. Like, I I have no guys working right now other than my weekly mowing. We all know and knew this was coming that pocketbooks are going to get a little bit tighter. They have to, and they, people haven't felt it for a while. 2008, 95, 96, 95, 911, all those. I've been through all of them. It's not here forever, but people, I think, are looking outside of that weekly maintenance to something a little bit more each visit compared to doing their, let's say, their mow at $55 a stop. So they get into the, I hate to say the furt and squirt, but the the turf management side of it because it is a higher profit margin. Yes, you have a higher material. So now you have labor and material and a little bit higher insurance rates. um, But there is some better return and there is a little bit more loyalty with customers. So it becomes a little bit more of a valued service. So we have new people coming in and they may not understand the price structure and they may not understand the expenses uh, going forward. And they're coming in as they do with their lawn of a a lower rate just to get work because they're starting and that's when it starts diluting everything quickly.
1: You know, it, it, I had a, I have quite a few people that will, like, ask me new guys that got into the business or even guys that have been in there for a couple of years, you know, and uh, they would ask me, like, you know, where should my price structure be? And I'm like, I don't really know how to answer that question. I do. Because I, I, well, I do too. Do you do. Too, but yeah, I, I know I'm not, you do. Yeah, I know. But at the end of the day, I mean, Everybody's area is going to be different, but I can speak for here in New Jersey, you know. I can tell you, I may have said this before, but, like, back in 2006, my last year in lawn care, um, you know, for my minimum, minimum for 3000 or less was $55. Minimum. So it's Everybody your... else around me was probably $25. Oof. Yes, I'm not even kidding you. $25 back then. And I... See, ten thousand square foot lawns being done for less than that now. So you know when you're, in my opinion, you know you got to figure out what your man hour charge is. You know for for your lawn care applicator, um, what's it cost for that guy to go out every day and make just for you to break even, right? So. And then from there, that's when your profitability comes into play. So, you know, you have your truck, you have your insurance, you got your product costs, all that stuff. So, you know, in my opinion, your stop charge has probably got to be, I don't know. I know for like time and material, we were 35 bucks, you know, just for a stop charge. Uh, so today, what's it got to be? 45 to 50 at minimum? So, just for a stop charge. So, what are you? I'm- Go ahead, or you, or you can base it off of a square footage price. So well, you have, to,
0: I, I think you have to have a minimum. You have to have your minimum of stop. Yeah. Let's say if it's mine's ten k and under, anything under ten k is a flat rate. And I, okay, and I looked at one today that is thirty five hundred square feet. It's all handwork. It's and it's a referral from a friend of a friend. So I I have to go forward with it, which which is fine. It fits right into my my route, mm-hmm. but it's a push spreader and a backpack. So that minimum at 3,500 square feet is going to be at the same price as a 9,999 square foot piece of property. But it's going to take me the equal amount of time. But what people don't factor in a lot of times is that drive time between... that All of that needs to be accounted for. So when we were Russo Lawn Landscape, when we were Brightview, all that stop time is one thing, but then your drive time is another. And how you build that in the mowing, let's see, Russo, we build it, I think, forward. So if if we were leaving a stop and then it took us 15 minutes to get to the next stop, that 15 minutes went to the our next stop that we're going to. Brightview did it backwards. They, I believe they went in reverse. So that 15 minutes went back to the stop you were just on. Then you start fresh on your next one. Well, having a CRM system is very important so that you can calculate all that. And that whole lump sum is basically your technician needs to go out for, let's say, an eight-hour day. Now you can take that eight hours, divide it by the square footage that they're doing, and then get a really good acclimate of where their time is on the field. Yeah, I mean, those are the easy ways of doing it. And you can get very, very technical and detailed, which I kind of do because I I just kind of came from that. Um, But all that has to be accounted for because... Someone's driving a truck, sure, you have the wear and tear, you have all that, that's your labor burden. Someone has to pay for that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, look, I know other people are going to have their their own way of pricing, thing and that's, pricing things, and that's great. And I'm not saying my way was the right way or anybody's way is the right way or wrong way. Um, I just don't understand, like, again, been out of it since 2006, so I can't really sit here and say um, too much things. But our product costs are more expensive our labor costs are more expensive. Hell, back then, I think we were, I mean, a lot of my guys were salary. So, uh, but our, even our, we call them part-timers, they were only making, what, 13 or $14 an hour. Um, You know, a lot of us are paying insurance to employees now, retirement programs, (laughs) you know, so all these things continually add up. And then you find, oh, well, what's your cost on a 10,000-square-foot lawn? And I'll talk to a guy, and will be like, oh, I'm $54. What? That was my minimum for $3,000 in 2006. And I think we were actually debating raising our prices that year. It's – I understand, like, we – and I'm I'm trying to do this loosely here, but, like, why are we going continually going backwards? I get it, competition. I get it.
0: That and we talk about it all that. That's when you have to show yourself as being a different yep. turf manager and provider. That is where the value is going to come through. And is it going to happen overnight? Absolutely not. Well, but it, it, it's something you need to start making that change so that you become a value commodity.
1: Well, you know, it's it's it even goes back to products, you know, like right now, you know, because I guess of the the season that we had or whatever you want to call it, you know i had a call from one of my customers yesterday up in north jersey and uh, we were talking and he goes we we're talking about fertilizers and whatnot and he really likes what our products do and uh, he's like man i have a lot of guys up in this area they're always like oh man i can't believe you use that that more expensive product when you can just go get this bag up the street for 15 dollars and the guy and he, he was telling me this and he and i'm like well what did you say to him and he goes Yes, but you're paying fifteen dollars for a twenty-five pound bag of fertilizer because fifty percent of it's rocks.
0: Derek DeBlois.
1: <laughs> you know, get nutrients yeah, from a rock. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, but it it's that there's that forty-five dollar lawn for ten thousand square feet. Do you know where I'm get, You know where, what I'm saying? Huh. And instead of being there, you know, like if the norm in the area is let's just say it's ninety dollars for the norm why are you at 45? If you're at like 75, okay. But when you're at 45, you're you you're devaluing the industry, number one. And we that's part of the reason why our industry is the way it is right now is because we keep devaluing it as a whole, and uh, we, we need to start putting more value into it.
0: So just as a mental exercise, and, and, and don't hold us perfectly, but you're saying $90 for 10,000 square foot lawn, right? And then some. let's say someone's doing that same thing.
1: Probably should be more than that, well, but, you know. Uh, just, be that as it may,
0: easy math. And, then you're, and there's people out there, let's say, rolling up for 45 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't you rather just do one lawn for 90 instead of two for 45? So I know that's easier said than done, but we're just trying to get that mentality that you need to offer a different service than your competitor to be better than them whether that's just communication whether that is better professionalism or offering better products that typically aren't found in your area or not being put out by your competitor so that you can get a higher rate and you actually can do a little bit less work for the same return it's it's a really cool concept and it took a, many many years in the service based industry to understand that and to swallow that that you know, we're we're seek hunter kill. I mean, that's an entrepreneur of selling stuff and wanting to run a business. We always have our nose to the grindstone of wanting to do more and selling more and producing more. When as we
1: sit as we sit here and speak, I'm watching my neighbor's lawn get mowed. And the gentleman riding the riding lawnmower has a cigarette hanging out of his yeah. mouth. And I can assure you, back when I was doing, not mowing, but fertilizing, and if I watched one of my guys with a cigarette in her mouth pushing a spreader around a machine, I would have parked the truck, got him back on the machine or spreaders back on the truck, and he would have been unemployed at the end of the day.
0: I, again, holding yourself to a higher level, just, it reeks of professionalism, and it it it's a magnet it brings more professional clients to you it really really does you know if you if you're going out dating going to look for a partner you're not going to go out looking like a bum you you're going to you're mm-hmm. going to be shined up and pretty and you should do that with your equipment and your your job when you go out to someone's property
1: and i see a lot of us that way don't get me wrong there's there plenty is of a lot of us, yep. of us more than a lot of there plenty of us like you said but it's it's these I don't want to say these, but, um, the ones that are undercutting us, there's a reason why they're undercutting you. They're not insured. They're buying product at the same cost as you are. Um, because they're buying it from an ag store or they're buying it from who you're buying it from. Um, and it's just, you know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I just, this year has been like the worst I've ever seen in it. And it's just like, Oh my God. Like, like I I have a bunch of customers who are a group of guys who know each other right here in New Jersey. And, you know, they all talk to each other, but collectively through it, through all of them. And they're very, they're really local. Like they're probably within, I don't know, five to eight miles of each other. Right. But they all run a really good business. They all do. They all talk to each other every day. They're all friendly. And in that situation. Yeah collectively we we met as a group and you know they came along as customers and they all get the same price on stuff that's cool but when you're doing with just just total individuals and who don't even know each other or whatever and you're going to give a price of a guy who's buying 10 bags the same price as a guy is that's a truckload man that's no way and then show me your license please
0: so a perfect example is i picked up a couple bags of just a specialty product. However, I know what the pallet price is of it from past purchases. The couple bags that I picked up was $4 more a bag than if I bought a couple pallets of it, as it should. Mm -hmm. Even even they know, I've. and it's funny because they actually brought it up. They said, hey, um, last time you bought this, it was at this price per bag. And then when you bought it at the pallet price, it was this. It's actually come down a little bit just because a Fert has come down since the last time I was actually in there buying something. Yeah, yeah. That you, I don't know if they were just trying to justify the price or what, or you know, just like hey, you know, you're probably thinking you're getting it at pallet price, but you're just you haven't bought pallets in a while and you just need a couple bags. I'm like, yeah, that that's cool, but that's the way it should be. I I wasn't taken back. I'm like, yeah, that that's business. Well, I mean, look, if that's somebody who's look, we all.
1: If it's somebody who buys a lot of product from me, and it's just like, hey, I'm at the end of the round; they're buying, they need ten bags to finish up. I'm not going to change their price. But on that
0: it. that's totally different than me just yeah, walking right. in for a, a specialty you're product right. just to get a service done. And and I I was totally fine with it. But you know, it, again, unfortunately, a lot of people are just looking to sell product and go off of sales dollars compared to profitability. And and that's your side of the business, not mine. I don't know what margins and markups are on bags of fertilizer and all that stuff. It's just. It's a big product to store, purchase, move, ship, all that stuff. So there, there has to be. Space ain't cheap. Right. And, and it has to be, it has to have a, a markup on it, just as our stuff isn't cheap either. I mean, we, geez, everything has mass overhead and, and going up every day. Fuel prices are cranking again. And,
1: you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. After that guy said that on that Facebook group, it just really kind of was like, well, you know, maybe it's just time to have this conversation, and um, I think it's definitely something that has to be talked about uh, because I I just don't I I want to take care of the customers that that are good to me, so I could be be good to them, but then the guys who drive it down into the toilet make us all look bad, and that's not a good thing. So
0: yeah, and and I have. I'm not even going to call it a competitor, another company that is in my area, as in they're in quite a few areas, and I see them driving, it was yesterday, yeah, yesterday, pickup truck, and I'm I'm still always baffled how I can never see enough product in the back of that truck to do the revenue that I think that truck should do. Shame on me, mm-hmm. just on the business acclimate that I've had over the years and being trained by... Russo, Lawn, and Landscape, and Brightview, and Return on Dollar, and all that stuff. And then you see the open trailer. Okay, you have an open trailer? Great. No big deal. I like enclosed because at the end of the day, it's locked, and it's out of the rain. Plus, it's a basically a chemical warehouse, and no one can see what's in there, and I can mix and match and do my things. Their machine, I'm not even going to say what type of machine it is to give it away, but it's on the trailer. They don't fold the booms in. Okay, I get it. It's nice not to have to take them in and out. Not strapped or chained parked kind of kitty corner and just rummaging through the neighborhoods, going from stop to stop, two people in the truck, backpack blower laying on its side on the trailer as well because it's rolling back and forth. That's what I'm going against. It's also the same company that I've seen. Not that I understand people smoke, but there's a time and place for smoking. But mm-hmm. sitting there smoking out by the curb, waiting as if their, their machine fills and just, it just doesn't look professional. And sure, are there more... Men home right now because of working from home. Now that has happened, yes. But in my era, it typically you were dealing with the woman of the house, and your goal was to always make that person feel as comfortable as possible when you were on their property.
1: Well, and also keep in mind you're on camera. Oh gosh, yes. So, 100%. Everybody has a camera at their house, maybe not everybody, but I'll bet you it's a good. 80 to 90% all day long, especially um,
0: with the convenience of like the ring doorbells, never mind security systems now, but just the ring, plug it in yourself. You don't need a technician to do it. Oh yeah. Everyone has them.
1: I mean, every time I pull up to a house, I'm going to look at a lawn. that's the first thing I look for. Not that I'm going to do it. Like, not that I'm looking to do something. It's just, it's the first thing I look for. So when I walk up to that door, I knock on the door, ring the doorbell, whatever. And I back off um, and then, you know. Sometimes they'll come to the door and sometimes they'll answer through the ring.com and or the ring, whatever it's called, the ring doorbell. And, you know, I, I introduce myself, you know, announced myself, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you have to be cognizant of the fact that you are on camera. Hell, there is a mosquito control company mm. in New Jersey and Connecticut. Oh, is it in Connecticut? You, you know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. That they make their uh, whoever the head applicator is on the truck. They wear cameras. So They wear, uh, what do they call body cams things? Uh, yeah, body cams.
0: So I stopped to talk to them. They were getting ready to service one of the lawns that I service, and I rolled up, and I had one across the street to do. Is was no big deal. So I walked up to the tailgate and said, hey, guys, introduce myself to. Both of them have to wear body cams. They, they record every application with body cams while they're doing it. I'm like, really? Why? He goes, well, accusations of theft, so someone stole something. Um, we've had plenty of accusations of people saying, oh, you didn't treat this area. You didn't treat that area. I have no idea what the laws are. It must be something in their service agreement saying that we can be on your property with a camera. Um, just for that whole purpose. I don't even know what that is, but yeah, full body cams. Cause I didn't know what the, at first I didn't know what it was. I thought, oh, maybe it's some type of holder for the respirator. And I got closer. I'm like, this is like talking to a police officer. <laughs> it's crazy. You look perplexed. You Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm, we're having problems with our system to get into putting orders in oh. and I'm just trying to do it while we're talking. Oh and, no worries. Uh, it's just it's not working. So um it must be oversold. Anyway. Must be
0: oversold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, let's talk about um I think I got the notification for race day. Yeah. Let's talk um, about that. It, it
1: it's coming up. Um um it is down like you you need to be invited. Um but down the road, there'll be some open spots. Um, it's what There's just not enough room to invite everybody and their grandmother. Um, we wish we could, but it's, you know, there's only so many Size people. Size is limited. We can put in, yeah, it's spots are limited. So an email went out to our customers, some of our customers. And, um, you know, we got, I think it, it, as of yesterday, there was like, just in a the day, there was like 31 signups already. Um it's the last I don't know what the date is I think it's October 25th or whatever. Um but you know we're going to have speakers pesticide credits um Kevin and I are going to do the podcast from from race day. Yep. Hoping um, hoping to get an interview quite a few people. So I I plan on uh, spending a lot of time interviewing. That'll be fun. Um but you know we're going to have some really good speakers um I could be wrong on all of them, but we're going to have, um, oh, God, I'm going to do a talk. I think we're going to have Corteva there, um, All Ball, QualiPro. Some of them will just have a booth. Um, you know, there's, It's going to be like a trade show as well um, that you can go talk to them and check out their products and whatnot. Um, there's, there's a whole list of companies. I just can't think of them all off the top of my head because it's something that we just put together for this year. This is our third or fourth one that we're having. Um, but our second one since COVID, but it's a lot of fun. You get to race, uh, these go-karts that go really fast. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And then if you win, you get a trophy at the end. Um, (laughs) do I get a participation award? (laughs) no oh damn it um we don't play that so um it's a good time you learn a lot um again it's very interactive um ask a lot of questions please um i don't know what it is nobody wants to ask questions anymore um there's not a stupid question um i need to say that a million times there's never a stupid question um but it's a lot of fun we encourage the invitees to sign up so hey and if you can't come i totally get it but you know it allows us to invite more people um and uh you know we want to put get in like anywhere between 100 to 125 people i think and uh which it should happen but we moved it from september to october 25th i just looked it up yeah october 25th i thought that was the date um we, last year we had it in September and the turnout was not that good because the drought was just ending. Everybody went out and started seeding, <laughs> and it was we had like I don't know forty people there, so the turnout wasn't that great. So we moved it to October last from October this year, um, and uh, so hopefully we do get this thing filled up. And but we're gonna have tons of vendors. The food is good. Um, and like I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a uh, steel green will be there. Uh we're gonna do some demos with a steel green. Um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time. We've gotten very good feedback from the ones we've had before, whether they've been Zoom or live. And uh so you will have pestic side credits in Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland. Um uh, Sorry but we can't do it outside the outside that area. Um it's a it just, it's
0: you know It's a lengthy process to be approved for each state. It really is. Oh my is. god, you have no idea. It's <laughs> I do. It, it's you crazy. have no idea, dude. Yeah, cuz they want to make sure you're just not blowing smoke up people's rear end. And, mm-hmm. Hey, here's your credits. I mean, and which is good because we want to elevate the education in this business. We really really do. It, it's going to make us all better. So I can appreciate that, but it is a lot of work on the back end. Oh my God. It's, I know
1: Jess handles it all. Thank God I don't because I'd probably want to shoot somebody. Um, Cause I like getting things done in a, you know, I'm Mr. Like somebody calls, I answer the phone or I call you right back. Um, I don't like it when you don't get responses. Um, I deal with that even on the vendor side is that, you know, people don't call and call back and it drives me nuts. Um, but at the end of the day, it'll be fun. It'll be an interactive event. I will be asking I'm, uh, this year, myself, I am going to go over about four or five products only, and not our whole portfolio. I want because I want to ask kind of open-ended questions while I'm going to get people, hopefully that have used them, to answer some questions, to get pe- some people more comfortable and whatnot. Um, but you know, I really want to analyze a few different products and go over them immensely to. Sh- you know, to show you what they do, how they work the whole nine yards. And, um, we have a couple one product is going to be new. Um, it's going to be very exciting. I'm not going to mention it yet. Um, but it will be very, very intriguing. Let's say that. Um, and, uh, so that's that, you know, a lot of good talks going on trade show, racing food podcast. All you need to know
0: <laughs> is. Uh, so right at the race facility is where the show will be.
1: Yes, oh. um,
0: there's a there's a race. There's an actual real
1: racetrack there to race race cars, um, which is also really cool. <laughs> um, I've never done that personally, but I've seen it um, being down at uh, Al's facility uh, down there. Um, and then there's a go kart track that these go karts are not like go karts you go ride on the boardwalk down in the Jersey Shore. These are like go karts that you have to be strapped in. With five a point harness, helmet, and helmet and they, neck oh, brace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. Oh, yeah. Been there, they they done move. that. They're cool. They move. <laughs> um, and, uh you know, there's a restaurant there um that, you know, if you want to eat afterward or whatever and go get a couple of brews, I mean, there's some breweries around. um Actually, there's one brewery that's like, it's not attached to the uh, racetrack, but the airport's on the other side, and it's called Glass Town. Awesome brewery. Um, really really some good beers. I like their 856 IPA and their 609. Um, that's the area codes in South Jersey. Um, two good IPAs, and they got some other really good beers too. But um, it'll be a lot of fun. It actually kind of gave me an idea to maybe try to contact a few of those for some door prizes um you know somebody answers a question right to like have a gift card to a brewery or something like that maybe i'll try that um just kind of led me uh uh into that one but anyway um it'll be a lot of fun and uh, like i said we have a lot of customers already signed up i know me specifically i had like i think that 12 customers signed up or something like that or maybe that was al i don't know one of us had 12 i thought it was me but maybe it's al um anyway It'll be a lot of fun, and I encourage uh, if you've been invited, please come, and if you're not going to be able to make it, just let us know so we can invite more other people. Um, Yes, it was selective because it's only limited, Um, but at the same time, there's always seems to uh,
0: always be some room at the end. So I know your last one that you did over the wintertime, you you guys offered some hefty amount of credits. It was, I think it was six, five or six, Mm -hmm. which... In the credit-seeking world, um, that's a that's a big dose, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it really, uh, like I said, your, your winter one, which I actually reached out to Jess, I think it was this week or last week, just um, because everything has to now be in our system with the state here in Connecticut has to be uploaded. What they haven't got, the system isn't robust enough for me to go in and actually see what has been archived. So, uh-huh. of course... You know, the 3 o'clock in the morning, 2.30. I'm like, shoot, do I have enough credits? Because this year is a renewal year, which I do. I always over credit just because I want to learn. It's not so much about the numbers of credits you need. It's finding good programs to actually get educated from. Mm-hmm. And she reached out. She told me, yep, here's the response of an email from the state that they received it. You're all logged in. She sent me over a copy of it already. And I, I'm i pretty sure it was six credits. I'm like, damn, that's that's a hitter. Yeah, that's awesome we well you know we
1: you have to follow it's not as easy as you think it is to get credits it's not just oh you put a class together and you can get credits it's not the way it works you know you got to sh- you got to show certain talks like when i do mine i got to talk about you know the active ingredients that are in there the rates that we recommend encourage you to read labels and all that kind of stuff because that goes for core credits as well uh, for a state of New Jersey, I can't speak for every other state on how it works, but, um, you know, we have to have certain parts of it to talk about, you know, proper mixing and, uh, you know, don't hold a cigarette while you're mixing a spray tank, you know, things like all kinds of stuff. There's, so there's, there's curriculum you have to y- follow. Y- correct. Yeah. And it's, you know, speakers that come in, you know, they, they have to talk about what they're supposed to talk about that we get approved you know like if if let's just say i'm going to talk about pesticide safety right i need to show the protocol on how that works or how what i'm going to talk about and then they approve it or not approve it or if it's eh you know okay they may not give you a a lot of core points um but we also like to we try we also need to focus on the categories as well because you know, it's not just core that you need. You need the categories as well. So, a lot of times 3B will be heavy because we're mostly turf in this, in, in our industry. Um, but we seem to always have a few th- uh, 3A, which is ornamental. Um, and then core. Um, core is tough to get, man. Um, it's really tough to get. So, typically the most you'll ever get in core is maybe four, but usually it's around two to three. Um it's just really tough to uh to get that all in, into a day's uh work. So it's like a half hour of core talk, you get like a half a point. So we're 3B and 3A. A, I, I don't know what the protocol is for it, but it's always greater. Like I think in the in the winter time we were like two core. This is for New Jersey. Two core. I think we were th- Eight three B and like four three A something like that, which is huge. It is, um, but uh, it's just so much work. I know she's working on it now, and I could, I could, you know, next time I talk to her, she'll be like, oh "God, I got to deal with the states again." It's like you know, it's frustrating because they don't get back to you in a timely fashion. The, actually, the lady in New Jersey has actually been very good. Um, they're they're
0: understaffed, she, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it un, stinks. Yeah, unfortunately, they're,
1: so. Um, but it is a lot of work and like, I hope that we all sign up now than waiting to the last minute, because like I said, if you can't come, you can't come. Nobody's going to hold you to, to the fire over it. But if you can't come, just let us know. Um, cause we like to invite other people and that's really what it comes down to.
0: It all goes back to that planning thing, planning, planning, <laughs>
1: Imagine, imagine that yeah I,
0: it's it's crazy and the decisions well, we make when we don't plan
1: <laughs> you know it, it's funny you know so today you know i had i worked on some stuff um today for uh for early order and uh uh pricing for next year and uh, you know kind of led me into what we've been talking about like where is uh where's pricing going to be and <laughs> i don't know where everybody thinks chemical prices are going down but pff, these. I saw chemical prices on the total opposite going up um from what I saw today and from vendors who I got pricing from so um now I it the negotiation side hasn't begun yet um that'll be that's always fun I really can't stand doing it I wish they would just give me the best pricing they can give me to begin with but it's a negotiation process that you know my numbers won't be finalized probably generic wise or alternate brand wise until mid-september third week of september that's how long it takes and that's another process of it all um it's not just oh they give you a price and this is what it is for the year that's not really how it works um you would hope it would be that way but it's it's not um but you know god only knows what's going to happen next year with pricing but right now prices are
0: up from what i've seen Ha! Uh, any rough percentages just
1: all over the board yeah
0: that's i mean why would we not think they wouldn't go up i think i think everyone you know because of the spiky urea that we've dealt with over the last two years and we've had basically don't take it that it's that huge a steady decline of where their max height was so that feels good our i believe our control products didn't raise at the rate of our urea did so now we're thinking oh well, chem has got to go back the other way too now which isn't well, true there, there there, i guess there's pr- there's probably two ways of looking at this i mean you
1: know it's possible that um how do i say this see the the impression that i think that people were having is that um they uh they have so much inventory that they're to going to lower their price Because some prices were being thrown out there from distributors, just dirtball numbers because they're trying to get rid of their inventory, Um, which whatever it is, what it is. Um, But then when I got the one my one customer who I uh, distributor who I do a lot of business with, I was like, huh, okay. so, you know, the the negotiations are underway. Um, We're going to have a new company we're going to be doing business with this year, and we're really excited about it. A few new products that uh, um, they have that other people don't have, and it's going to be really awesome. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's uh, everybody's fighting over the same business, and it's amazing what people will do to make a sale.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the... I competition laugh. competition is is tough. I mean, it can. Make people better, but it can actually turn people very evil. In uh, anything in know,
1: life, you know, it's and I'm look. I don't think there's anybody. None of us are whores in this industry, but you know, it's um, I we keep lowering prices. There's there's they're going to hit the bottom, and then wh- wh- what is what does that do for anybody? Well, because I... eventually people are going to shut down their doors because they're not making enough money. So you're going to lose distributors down the road, and that doesn't help anybody either. Um, you know, there, again, we we talk about it just like on your side of the business and my side. There's a, my side of the business. There's a cost to everything. So, it, and you got to know
0: your cost. It's been really a path that this country has taken over the last. I'm going to say ten years. Mm-hmm. It was originally Walmart that was putting the mom and pops out. Um, anyone that knows me, I'm not, I don't shop at Walmart. Not that I'm above Walmart by any means. One, I hate to shop two. I hate going into stores. Three, unfortunately I understand their model and I understand the amount of people that they employ, but I deal with mom and pop businesses all the time. And I know Likewise. what it hurts them. I, uh, our hardware store in town here, George, he, he's a gem to our and it's a running joke like if i go to him for something and he doesn't have it the next place to go is across the connecticut river into enfield to deal with traffic to go to home depot and i'm like george there's no way you're sending me over the bridge he goes kevin i I just i can't carry it i don't have all the room for that i'm like i don't even know if my permit is is legal anymore to go to enfield he goes i'm sorry he's a gem he has everything and it doesn't matter that it's $1 one dollar or five dollars more. I love to support our small businesses. I really, really do. Walmart. Likewise. Walmart really put a, a really a chink in that armor. Then it became Amazon and all these large private equity firms that buy these businesses up and basically run on the Walmart theory: do more mm-hmm. for a little bit less, but a higher volume, and then you work on efficiencies and how to streamline and buy bigger and buy cheaper and then pass that along and hopefully their model works out after two to five years and mm-hmm. now all these mom-and-pop businesses are out of business we have empty storefronts it we we've created that monster because yep. of our instant gratification and needing something delivered to our door within six hours you know I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't buy from Amazon. Oh, I do. It's it's
1: convenient, you know, and I got that. But I also, before I do that, um, there's a lot of local stores I have in my area, even close by Haddonfield, Haddon Township, um, uh, you know, some certain like really nice shopping areas, so to say, Um, you know, and before I do it, I look to see where everybody else is. And if somebody's a couple dollars more locally, I'll just go get it locally you know, but if it's, you know, major, 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 you know, yeah, I'll buy, buy things from Amazon, but you know, I, I really don't like these bigger companies are the reason why we're being one of the other reasons why we're being squeezed. Right. So, um, they keep squeezing, we keep lowering and they keep squeezing harder and then eventually there's going to be a bottom. What are we going to do when we reach that bottom? What are we going to do? Does anybody have the answer to that
0: question? N- nobody does. And and here's just another quick little example. Um, you know, I was employed by Brightview for two years um, after the acquisition of the company I was with prior to that. But I still get their emails. And it was today we announced that they hired a new president and CEO. They... Went their separate ways with the CEO that was in present that was there when I was there. Um, and I, I'm not going to mention anyone's names. Anyone can do the research and find it. So they're excited. You know, this gentleman's been with another company for 25 years and probably has done great things. Um, bah, 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 bah. They've also received an investment from One Rock in a form of 500 million newly issued shares of convertible preferred stock. So, what does a company that Started on the stock market at eight and change. Was up around 19 when I was there. It's down, I believe, back into the single numbers. Now just threw another $500 million into their portfolio to buy businesses. That's all they can... That's The only way they're going to make money is bringing in more customers. And customers have to come from acquisition because Brightview has a great sales team to go out and get the jobs that they're bidding, but there's other jobs that are locked up in multi-year contracts and they need people. And the best way to find people is to buy them from a company that's already working. Good people are working, not people that aren't good are not working. And there's a reason for that. Sure. There's problems when people get laid off and there's great talent out there, but it's easier and it's more profitable. I mean, that's how true green buys and grows their, their expansion is all by Mm -hmm. customer acquisition. And, and here it is. So if that squeeze isn't going to hurt our lawn care maintenance people that are out there that are listening to us, it, it will, it, I mean, I lived it.
1: Well, oh, you know, and this is all, ha- you know, we all see it happening, you know, and I just, again, I, we just, what do we do? I mean, that's, I guess that's the question that needs to start being talked about. Like get, let's get some answers. What do we need to do? And I'm not saying that it should be for a fertilization, uh, lawn we shouldn't be 300 dollars for 10,000 square foot lawn us uh, you know for 3000 or 10,000 square foot lawn but we certainly should not be 42 dollars that that's insane in my opinion um so how like that conversation needs to start um because again what are we going to do when we hit that bottom but um I know I'm glad that like these these things came up this week. It was was nice to hear this uh, because I thought maybe I was the only one um, that was like, why are we going backwards? We should be going forward. But um, maybe maybe this will generate some conversations. I don't know. Like we talk about all the time. Please reach out. Come on the podcast if you have some ideas and whatnot, because uh,
0: um, or if you're having problems that. You and I may not be able to solve, but someone listening to here probably someone had that listening problem. Will. They had that yeah, problem. Exactly. Guar- guaranteed. So,
1: um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting economy we're in right now. Um, I think you're right. I think you're going to see a lot more acquisitions, especially after this year. I mean, look, I have customers all the time that reach out to me and are like, dude, I don't know how much more I can do this. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this, man. I, I, I might be looking to sell in a year or two um and you know and i was asked well why employees it's nobody wants to take the responsibility of being an applicator they just want to go out and apply the product and if they're done they if they'll go do 15 lawns and they're done nobody will nobody's taken that step like we had back when i was in it and when you were younger let's say and going out and just pushing that envelope and doing total quality and doing as many lawns as they can a day.
0: Which leads me into another conversation interview that I heard this week that really hit home. Um, he is with the our city, Hartford, that's here, police department. And it was a conversation on their recruiting process, where they are, da, 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 all this stuff. He said, listen, the the mindset of the younger generation that's coming through, and I'm not here to offend anyone, it's just how you guys were raised compared to us people that are a little bit more wiser. We call that older. Um, That's (laughs) the polite way of saying older. You know, what you just said of the challenge of how much you can do in a day and doing more and the return on it. Now people, they want to work 40 hours a week at the most. Mm -hmm. They rather have experiences with and and have that time off. they're not looking you know that the the further and further we get away from our ancestors coming to this country from undeveloped countries to come here and break soil and have something that they've dreamt about um, is further and further away no one realizes it anymore. They don't teach that or the kids aren't feeling that anymore in school or at home. Know, everything is a push of a button. Everything's called Amazon. Everything's you dot know, com this. Great. I'm all for moving forward and advancement. But our workforce you know, needing to have safe spaces and this and that, that is ruining our work ethic in our country. Now, our borders are open and all these immigrants are coming in. And that's a whole different topic I don't want to go into. The only one of the positive things that I will come from that is the work ethic on the people that are actually going to produce and work. And are and are and are excited to be on this promised land that we live on, we'll have an amazing workforce once everything figures out. There's gonna be plenty of deadwood. There's deadwood well, in every every society we're in. But ab- absolutely they're coming from an under industrialized yep, and they I've dealt with them. We we've had yep, me too. So many wonderful workers from Guatemala and down south yep. through the H2B program. Just absolute gems of people. Trust them at my house while I was on vacation. Great workers. They would we amazing to see them have lunch every day. They would sit down and they would share everyone meals. And then El Hefe, El come over. And then I would sit down and you would break bread with them. And everyone's meal became a buffet. It was. It's just really cool stuff. It and you we're know, missing all that.
1: A few weeks ago, it's probably over a month ago now. I went and to one of my customers into a community that he was having some issues on, new construction, absolute crap soils, just absolute crap soils. But, you know, I think he was also having some spreading issues by the applicators. Well, we know that now. Um, But anyway, it's, you know, these machines that we have today make this job so much easier than it was 25 (laughs) years ago. Oh, yes. And to, I'm just going to say it to hear the whining out of some of these guys that they work so hard and whatnot, I just scratch my head because, first of all, if you worked for me back in the day, you didn't go, a machine didn't go on a lawn that was under like 15,000 square feet. Um, and the only way it would is if there was like 30 houses in a row that we did in a community that didn't have any fences because spraying by hand and pushing a a a spreader on a 5000 square foot lawn is a lot faster than taking the machine off the, the machine off the trailer loading it back up taking the blower off the whole 9 yards i will say you know i mean i'll i'll stand true to that statement forever and i think you know one of our people that we had on this podcast um, Chris Stout, he said the same thing. I mean, he's like, you know, machines are great, but they're not meant for every application that should be done out there, unless you're dealing with big, big properties all the time, like yourself. Um, you know, it's these machine. We should be more productive doing with these machines, and and we're not. And I don't know. I don't know how to to make it more productive because we should be doing more than 15 houses in a day unless you're doing, you know, the 300,000 square foot lawns that you're doing every
0: day. Well, I do it. <laughs> and again, I I pull my route based on square footage. And sometimes I'll go into that same square footage and it's 31 lawns.
1: That's
0: yeah. that's my route for the day. Yeah. And sometimes it's eight. It, it, that, And that's fine. I'm, again, blessed to be in the area that I'm in. It's also... Yep. Can be extremely profitable doing an under ten thousand square foot long compared to a thirty six thousand square foot. Oh yeah! And people don't realize that it there, we can help you and show you and be extremely profitable doing a day of small stops compared to a day of large stops. But
1: you know um, when when again I I, I don't want to make this sound like you know I mean this is twenty something years ago, um, but you know we had six residential crews going out every day, a commercial crew every day, a tree and shrub guy going out every day. And we had machines, don't get me wrong, but we didn't not they weren't used on every lawn. Hell, I can't even remember the name of the machine that we used. It wasn't PermaGreen. Um god.
0: Whew, I'm trying to think god, what it, would be available was, back then. And then, and I know back then machines were almost different in different territories. Like permagreen didn't reach everywhere at first yeah. and you probably had some stuff that was not available in our area and
1: it was some guy in Pennsylvania the salesman's name, if I remember correctly, it was a guy in Pennsylvania. his name was John Saunders. He then in, he, he then in turn, I believe left that and he was one of the first franchises of Weedman. Uh-huh um, I believe I could be totally wrong. But I believe that's what happened. And I, I wish I could remember the name of these machines. But they were they were really good. Um had really good success with them. But anyway, um, even one of the gentlemen who he was probably our least productive guy, but man, <laughs> he was probably he was probably our number one quality guy. You know, he was thorough. Um, he believed like spraying fungicides. He, <laughs> his mentality was he won. He lowered his pressure and sprayed both sides of the leaf blade. <laughs> like that was his mentality. And you know what, dude? I couldn't argue with him, even though I was like, okay, whatever, dude. But I couldn't argue with him because his lawns always look great. You know, um, and you know, so but he he was doing twenty three hundred dollars a day. You know. Two, probably four thousand dollars a day depending on the day and what we were doing i remember one day you, people are going to call it bullshit, but I'll, i'm going to tell you right now we went out and did disease and insect control and grub control in that may or june time frame Um and we had everybody doing we called them dnis um had everybody going out and doing dnis and we had a big commercial site going on that day fertilizer wise and we built out like $68,000 in one day. Oof! It was like, holy crap.
0: That's wild.
1: Um, and, uh, and but again, we were spraying by hand. Yes, but spraying, that was all by hand. We didn't use the machines to spray unless it was a big open commercial site. Um, but residentially got sprayed by hand. Um and today, I mean, it's like we have these really, really good machines as I watched four spotted lanternflies on my window. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. They're all over the place right now. That sucks. Um, I'll be out spraying by Fenthrin later. Um, you know, and like, my again, my one customer will call and vent to me like every once in a while. He he does a lot. Of, he does a lot of work and uh, he runs other crews while his guys do the lawn care side. And he, he just scratches his head and wonders why these guys can't do more. And then yet, you know, don't bitch and complain about more money. And it's like, you know, you got to earn it. Like, you know, if you want to work 40 hours a week, dude, I'll let you work 40 hours a week. But you know what? Give me a solid eight hours a day and show me why you're worth money. You know what I mean? Like, it can't just be, oh, I want more money. That's... Not, it's not blue. That's not blue collar. That might be white collar, but it ain't blue collar. Um, you got to actually show what you're worth, and um, but we keep paying people more money and doing the same production. Well, what's that do for the owner of the company? And the the only taking money out of his pocket and money to reinvest in the company,
0: and the reason that is it's, I mean, because there's such a shortage of labor and there's new ways of making quite a bit of money, like these people on TikTok and YouTube and the money that they're knocking down with that, this manual labor stuff is like, Mm-mm, no, no bueno.
1: <laughs> I mean, I look, I get it. that Manual labor sucks. I mean, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, you know, one thing you can take about pushing a spreader and, spray, and, and spraying with a hose or even, you know, doing these humping bags of fertilizer around all day long, Man, you get some really good exercise. It's like going to the gym eight hours a day. Um, and uh, you can stay fit. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of retired police officers and firefighters get into this business. Uh, because they have downtime. And so they use it to kind of, so they don't sit around eating bonbons all day long. Um, but, you know, it it is a... Maybe that's the way we need to market this: as "Hey, come to the gym eight hours a day and work outside and get paid." I, and get paid for it. I don't know, dude. It's. Um, I used to have, dude. I'd love doing it back in the day. I, Look, like, I don't know if my knees could handle it today. I will tell you that. Um, playing sports, my knees are just—they're—they're <laughs> they're done. I'll probably a couple more years. I'll need knee yeah,
0: replacement. Michael Jordan had nothing on you.
1: Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, I had fun doing this, like watching lawns get green, making them stay green. It's dude. I, I loved when I was doing it. That's why I still like taking care of my own lawn. Like I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I miss it where I want to go back out and do it again. But dude, I do miss it. I'd, I'd love social interaction. I love talking to customers. I loved, you know, somebody was home and they'd come outside and ask me questions. i that's why I had a guy with me every day. So I could be, I'm the one who did the grunt work. I did the blowing down. Yeah. I put the flag in the ground. I did all the grunt work to got what he should be doing. I let him do all the, the easy stuff, you know? Um, but that that's, but I think it's part of the reason why we were successful is because of that reason. Um, that the homeowner, if they were home and they wanted to talk to somebody, they had somebody to talk to. Just like yourself. You're a solo operator, right? Somebody comes outside while you're doing it. I wear
0: blinders.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. You know, it's, um, I don't know, dude. It's uh, that part of it I do miss. I mean, it's just like on this side of the business that I'm on now. It's like since COVID, because of the lack of labor out there, it's nobody has time to see it like you used to. Um, You know, there's days where I find it like, why did I drive 180 miles today? There is, I saw somebody for five minutes. You know what I mean? Or six people for five minutes because they had to go spray fairways, or they had an employee issue. Guy <laughs> lost a spreader off the uh, ride-on machine off the back of his trailer. <laughs> I showed you that picture, didn't That's I? Horrible.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, it, it's horrible. Yeah, you know it's.
1: Um, you know it's. It's we
0: got to make it fun again. I guess I, I don't know. Well, like I I think. A, I mean, I think a couple ways. One is if you have a team member and you're looking for ways to keep that person in on your pay list and, and be Im- involved is, is more involvement. And I think Chris Dout did it perfectly with the Silver Fox. Like his clients mm-hmm. now know him
1: as the Silver Fox.
0: And they're not going to fire the Silver Fox because they have a personal interaction with that person. You know, it's... When I hear of other clients that want to come aboard or that I've taken on over the past, oh, it's a different technician every other day. You know, when you can make your route specific for that applicator and they're at the same houses over and over again, a relationship is built, one. Two, they become way more efficient on the properties. Man, even mine, a new customer, the second time there, I'm like, I can cut time off because I know what's coming up around the corner. I know how to approach Mm -hmm. the hill here. You know, there was... True green had a guy that did one of my friend's house is my friend's parents' house. And they, they only wanted him and he ran a specific route in this town and, and his people loved him. And he did a phenomenal job because he was old school. He didn't cut the corners. He squared everything like military treated yada, yada, yada. And then that company sold that, oh, I'm sorry, that's how they got him. He came from a company that sold at, was acquired into True Green and he was with True Green. And then when that gentleman left to go back to a smaller company because they wanted to constantly bounce him off of his route and he had his route for five days that he would have the same houses over and over again until the the round was done. And you know, just having that customer relationship and having your technicians involved, there's nothing wrong with having your technicians involved in teaching them how to... Uh, educate their clients and or upsell them on a problem. Have them part of the renewal process in the wintertime. Have them make the calls. Listen, hey, we're going into renewal. This is Pat. I've been your technician for the last two years. And here's a few things that I've noticed on your property. Of course, there's going to be a carrot involved with them, but it's a great way to keep them employed during the winter. Maybe not 40 a week, but maybe if you get them a partial, because what we run into here and in being seasonal is finding team members that will take the winter off and have the funds to do it to come back in the spring. And I know Matt is going through a really, really hard time. If there's any technicians in Connecticut that's looking for work, I've got a guy that will give them more work with nothing but quality equipment and runs a quality program. Uh, program, But that's his problem. You're, the guys you just know, don't have the workload in the wintertime, so you have to find a way to keep them engaged. And, and you have to be big enough to be able to afford that too. You know, it's... There's a l- there's a lot of young
1: people in our society that are, how do I say this? They are at career. They're do, They're in careers or they're in positions that they didn't go to college for because what they went to college for wasn't making them any money either, um, which that's another issue on its own in our society. Um, but you know, give it an opportunity, but take pride in what you're doing. Cuz if you t- it, it it just makes it so much more fun. Like I said, I had so much fun doing this back in the day that that's why I was so productive, I think. I it, it was I wanted to go do more lawns every day. It wasn't like I always wanted to do that, but with quality. And it can be done again. Um but you know, you're not going to make $40 an hour if you're just going to be the average Joe out there, it's just not going to happen. But if you can prove to owners and, and managers that man, I can go out and do this work and make you so much money and make you more money from, cause people are going to be coming to you. That's what they're looking for. They don't want to have people that they have to babysit every day and, you know, worry about like, Oh, what's wrong with my sprayer? And then I turn the sprayer on, and the spray n- the nozzles are clogged. You got to figure that stuff out on your own. You know what I mean? Like, I mean that happens more than you think out here. Um, but at the same time, like, I think owners and managers of some of these companies out there—that is what they're looking for. They want self-starters. How many times have we heard that word in our industry in a right. lo- in a while? I don't think I've heard it in a long time.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think it's been so desperate they're just looking for workers and now
1: I'm pretty confident like you may start at a certain dollar an hour I'm not saying that you're going to make $40 an hour right away or at at all but if you come in like there's companies out there paying people 22 to 28 dollars an hour in that ballpark for applicators when I got into this business I was making $12 an hour now granted that was 96 okay different time frame but twenty six dollars an hour, plus if you really want to work overtime, you can have it because there's guys out there who will give it to you. Oof, yes, um, especially seeding
0: season right now. You can yeah. go seven. You can go seven days a week. Piece of cake.
1: But at the end of the day, you got to show people what you're worth. It can't just be oh, I'm going to go do this money lawns today, and I don't really give a. F-. I was about to say a bad word, <laughs> or I don't you know, I don't really give a crap. And you know, it's not my company,
0: but that's kind of the, what it is right now. And it's, it's got to change. So I heard a great quote. I can't remember if it was yesterday, today, whatever, but I ended up writing it down and sending it to myself. The same boiling water can make an egg hard or a potato soft. Choose your water wisely. Yep. Really? I, I mean, that's
1: great. It, that's great. I love it. i, I
0: Never heard that one before, and it's so true. It's all about your attitude and and just a little simple flip of how you're thinking and going down a path can make or break you being successful or not.
1: There are so many good companies in our areas. it's it's unbelievable. And I would say every one of the people I deal with, they are good owners, they're good people. They value family time. You know, do they want to have to work 80 hours a week? No. But they need people who are willing to put in the work. You know, it can't be, oh, I'm going to come in at 8 o'clock and I'm going home at noon. Yeah, if you want to be a part-time guy, that's one thing. Um, But at the same time, you can work 40 hours a week in this industry. So if if there's any young guys listening, you could work 40 hours in this industry a week. And still make some really good money. But you do got to work a little hard to get your hands dirty. I mean, it's really that simple. Um, and 99 out of 100 things that we apply are relatively safe. And even that 1% that technically, let's say it may not be safe, it probably is safe. I'm just, you know.
0: The the science proves yes. more often that it is safe. When mm-hmm. when applied, properly. It, it really is. And... and um, Bruce. Bruce Hellerick. There it is. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you and I both know him. Um, he was so well versed in the legalities and the science of glyphosate. And man, if anyone had a concern at one of the properties, HOA, whatever, he would be more than happy to just give them a, basically a book of education on that product.
1: You know what's really funny about glyphosate? I sold more glyphosate this year than I have in the last two years combined. Hmm. So the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we can all talk about glyphosate. People can say how bad it is, right? It's not, number one. And number two, why do we keep using it if it's that bad? Um, I mean, I couldn't even believe I was looking at my numbers the other day and I was like, holy shit, I sold a lot of Roundup this year and uh why because it works that's number 1 number 2 it is relatively safe yes could there be isolated circumstances that somebody's stupid when they're mixing it and they
0: so you're something? calling you're calling general mills and quaker and all you're calling them stupid what do you mean well that's where that's where it comes from it comes from treating our food products and that's how the ingestion happens and and the science proves that i mean this is not made up and i don't want to go down this path but the amount of interaction with an applicator and contact needed made, unless you see these horrible ads on TV where there's guys out with Mr. Blowers using it, which there's no way they're doing yeah, that. Yeah, there's no way, right. You know, I mean, what good that would that be? You know, most of our areas that are treated with glyphosate are basically a non-traveled area until product is is dry. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I broke that nut about 15 years ago when I was doing health and fitness and, and meal preparation that the trace amounts that is on our wheat when the FDA approved that they could treat their products with glyphosate for two different reasons. One to stress the plant out at a very low dose to basically make more seeds because a stressed plant makes more weed seeds wants to regenerate so they could reap more seeds. And then two at drying time of harvest so that they could harvest it quicker and better. They're using salt water now on some of those things instead of Mm -hmm. just glyphosate. So they've changed and you know, I'm not blaming the farmers for it because they were just following the research that, was in the R&D and then was approved by the FDA. But that's where um, a lot of the exposure of this product was came from compared to applicators. Because what I think I bought five gallons from you to treat some chain link fence areas and some of the properties doing some gravel areas, you know, how much exposure is that going to create for somebody? Almost next to none. So again, it it's... The science shows, and again, Bruce Hillerick was great at explaining that whole deal Mm -hmm. of of the science, that with proper PPE, that's why being a professional company, licensed and all that stuff, your risks of exposure are next to nothing.
1: Right. And that goes to pesticide safety and all that stuff that um, at our race day we'll be talking a lot about that stuff and whatnot
0: as but boring it, as it is it's important it's important because Absolutely. we all we all slip and get careless on it there's there's no question about it but that is what's going to keep you safe from all these products for sure
1: but it, it was just, it's just funny because it's like i i just happened to look at it and i was like wow i sold a lot this year and it's like i wonder why and a lot of it has to do with people who are using coliposate with um Guard um you know they're spraying it killing the weeds that are there then the the flume is uh as a uh, being a preventative um you know after the fact and uh you know people are having really good success that way instead of having to go back and spray weeds all the time so um now next year because of it maybe my glyphosate numbers are down you know what i mean but um there's a lot of good alternatives when it comes to those type products now um but glyphosate, I mean, there's. If we're going to replace glyphosate. We need a product that's going to replace glyphosate because they, it sure as hell is not glufosinate. The,
0: there's no way they can ever get rid of it. The the, um, the way it's used, municipality, state highways, you see all the guardrails being treated. I mean, all that is for safety. Sightline, they're not going to get rid of it. I, again, I, I think it's a wasted conversation of talking about, oh, they're going to get rid of it just like they're going to get rid of all these other things and these stupid votes that they're planning on doing over the next two well, years. Well,
1: I just caught wind yesterday that I think Lambda's gonna be gone. Um and it might be gone like within the next like month.
0: Because
1: uh I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I just I just caught wind of it yesterday that um it sounds like Lambda's on its way out. And when I say out, I mean out. So like even if you have it, you better use it and get rid of it. So I don't I don't know what the So that would uh, be Jersey be.
0: that'd be Jersey only?
1: Oh no, I'm talking federal.
0: So is it just a force of of everyone wanting to go to basically Celeprin? And Do you think that's
1: no? I don't think it's that. I think it's the, 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 these products have been a, the, the products that are being targeted are products that have been around a long time. So you know you have you know chlorothalonil on the golf side, and you that's know, contact, and right? That's, and that's a contact fungicide. You know it's it's all it's been restricted. Uh, to golf only or commercial or ornamentals Um, you know and it's it has a a use restriction as well i mean it's you know it's always been on the radar but unfortunately well fortunately i should say fortunately it's probably not going to go away because it leads up to the next problem that we're having residentially that we're just going to keep spraying and spraying and spraying because we need contacts um, Fluazinam, um, well, Fluazinam is just another contact. That's not one that's going to get banned. That's just been out the last couple of years. But Iperdeon is another one. Another That's actually a product that we probably should be using in residential, but we can't because it has contact and systemic capabilities to it. Hmm. Interesting, right? Um, so these type products are the ones that are being looked at. And it's unfortunate, um, and I there's other ones that I'm probably not even thinking. I know there's other ones that I'm not thinking of. Um, but it's one of those things that it's like, you know, now you start hear people start talking about diethane in the marketplace again, which is, my God, probably one of the oldest products out there that can't use it residentially. But in golf, a couple of companies brought out d- diethane this year or mancazeb. And I'm like, why? because we need more contacts. Um, so, it, you know, I think products are, that are being looked at right now are products that have been out here a long time. And in, in turn, um, I can't answer like the corporate thing. We both know why that is. Right. Um, but
0: oh. we'll stay tuned know. and see what's coming up down the road to that. That's all we can do. So a couple of shout outs, one, Derek DeBlois, He's always tagging us. He's working out, lo- losing weight. He's looking really good. He just he just posted a picture at the gym listening nice, to us, which is cool. Him. Yeah. It, you know, his his goal is to become a full time fireman, which God bless, I hope he does. Um and still be able to do this because it, it fits perfectly in a full time fire schedule. And he he that that's what he wants to do, and, and we need more people like him out there doing what they want to do. Um absolutely. And a great question brought up by Glenn up at um, your buddy there, Deep Roots Turf. I've spoke Glenn to him Stevens. on the phone. Yeah,
1: great guy, great guy.
0: What are some of the favorite podcasts that our listen- other our listeners are listening to? So I'm going to post that in conjunction with this going being released, and everyone can comment back on there. He just sent me one that I'm gonna I'm actually going to listen to tomorrow while I'm working. It's called A Better Way to Farm podcast. It's on Spotify and the title yeah, I've is I've listened to
1: that a few times. Yeah,
0: and this one is it's our fertilizer prices going down, episode 199. Um, and I'll put that in the show notes, but I think I think it'd be cool cuz you know, yeah, there's this podcast but it's only an hour. And we have 8 hours a day, 5 days a week minimum that headsets are on and the more information we can gather ourselves the better we are. So, you know, Glenn, I think that's an awesome question to go out there. What else is y'all listening to that we can share and and on the social media and, and post out there and tag so that we all have better things to listen to. Um, besides Absolutely. And I think it's good that
1: people listen to different things because it's, um, there's a lot of different opinions out there. Um, none of them are right or maybe some of them are wrong, but, um, (laughs) you know, some of, you know, my point is, is that everybody has different points of view, um, when it comes to maintaining soils, maintaining turf and whatnot. And, uh, you know, like I've always said, man, you know, if there if I say something, hell, if I say something like prove me wrong, like tell me I'm, a, I'm I can take it. Well, um,
0: I think and and the way I did the managing when I was doing managing was the best solution comes from multiple sources. So, you know, dictatorship never seems to work in whatever it is and in, nope. in a country rule to a boardroom, whatever. But when you can put great like-minded people around and come up and throw ideas up on the board, you're going to, you're going to come up with a, a final solution from input of many other people. And there's no different than listening to other podcasts. We're gonna come out and find other alternatives, especially in the farm industry, because man, oh man, those guys, they're no joke. <laughs> Smart people doing managing a lot of livelihoods. And uh, I watch a bunch of them on YouTube, I've just never listened to a Spotify podcast, which I, again, I will tomorrow, which is cool. So thank you, Glenn. And we'll, again, that's the question. Question of the week is what other um, shows are you listening to and or watching on YouTube? And um, we'll post that on Instagram and then we can get some responses there so we can share them all around from there. What else are you thinking, Douglas? We're long-winded as always. I think, yeah, I think we're we, we're just going to be a long one. Yeah. Um, It'll take a while to uh, download this puppy.
1: I think we're, you know, I think we should probably, you know, get our work done for the week and then uh, you know, head into the holiday weekend and get refreshed and uh get ready to rock and roll next week cuz seeding season like fully probably will begin for most people next week if it hasn't begun already. Um I know I got a lot of deliveries with seed going out next week. Um guys that wanted to wait, um they don't like going out that early and that's fine, you know. Um i mean i'm just i want to go my lawn is totally dead and i want to go seed um but i'm worried about this hurricane and heavy rains this weekend so i'm gonna wait and see what that has to do
0: what those gulf coast winds bring us for freaking
1: Uh battles well you know (laughs) damn it be very observant if this thing comes up here and you know be observant in the next couple weeks because uh I've heard of army worm outbreaks in other parts of the country and they could just come up right with it.
0: Oh yeah. Plus bacteria. And yep. you know, supposedly it's going to get cooler. Glenn just texted he's up in up, upper state, New York. Um, he's going to be in the forties tonight. He said, so yeah, that's he told coming. me that too. Yeah. He told me that too. We're not going to quite have that. Um, cause this old man be wrapped up in a blanket, but, um, you know if it stays warm and humid that bacteria comes in we can have another little i hate to say the word disease cuz i'm i have it this week again it just hasn't shut off yet and we need that freaking switch to flip
1: well it just i mean it just goes back to what we were just talking about about contact fungicides it's just unfortunately until we can have something that's going to react that way it's going to be going to be tough now i actually and then we can cut it after this but Good. i was talking to my fmc rep um he actually came in and did an early order meeting with us. And the active ingredient in fame is fluoxastrobin, And it's the first time that I've ever heard, um, heard this, but, um, because my other salesman never said it to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep.
0: Glad he got um, it. You're the
1: man. Um, you know, um, he was telling me that, you know, even though it's really a systemic, it, like it, it kind of almost has a little bit of contact ability to it. Um, I don't know if that's hundred percent true or even if I'm saying it right, but it, it just let like, but fame is just too expensive in the residential market. I don't think anybody's going to pay that price for that product. Um, it's just, you know, what it is, but I was actually just running numbers for a golf customer of mine today and putting a whole program together. And I'm like, Oh my God, for golf. It's not. It's not terrible. (laughs) Um, So it's just you know, when when it comes to fungicides, I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest things we need to start doing is rotating our chemicals, no matter what the price is, and and stop spraying the same product over and over and over again. That's that's the biggest thing I think that needs to change for 2024 when it comes to disease controls.
0: Yep, and hopefully a normal season, if there is such thing as a normal season next year. (laughs) I hear you. Figure we like it. Yeah,
1: I would like it. I can tell you that. I would like it. Yes, sir. I would like to just sell normal stuff and everybody's happy and mm-hmm. nobody has those summer doldrums. That would be ideal.
0: Well, um, well, that, well I don't know if that's a, that even going to happen anymore. I but hear you. On that note, we're going to end this thing super long. So if you're out on turf, you had plenty to listen to. Hopefully we didn't bore you too much. Uh, thank you again for subscribing, sharing. Uh, we're expanding, which is great. Maybe one of these days we'll get a sponsor and one of those cool things and actually pay for some new equipment so we don't have issues like we had last week of <laughs> of recording. But sorry for that uh, weird podcast last week. This week we aim to do better. So, again, like, share, subscribe, reach out. We can help you in any way. Always a pleasure to have you listening and on board. Douglas, what do you got? Anything good?
1: Let's just keep. Let's, uh, get through this week and start next week and grow some new grass and keep it healthy and, uh, you know, end the year on a good note.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the turf nutrition and management podcast. We are always interested in topics you would like us to dig a little deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question down below in the comments. Please remember to like, subscribe and share with friends, and also turn on the notification bell as we continue to talk all things turf and help each other become better turf managers.